I'm not a wrench turner, so I, either I'm good at business or I'm screwed. You said increase productivity, improve efficiency, and think about what your plan is in order to do that. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Most contractors have one control. It's called the throttle. It's, exactly. the, it's the business of this game that they need to get better at. It's the processes and the systems. So in my company, we just completed our 12th month. We started- Congratulations. Uh, we started, Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, June, June 1st is our official. So we're starting our second year. Yeah. Last month in May, well, let me back up a bit. When I started this company a year ago, I was all about, I'm not just gonna go headlong into getting busy. We are gonna get the systems, we're gonna get the processes in place, and then we're gonna worry about generating revenue. Now, we were fortunate to be capitalized in such a way that we yeah. can afford to do that. So I understand there's real limitations sometimes. So we got a beautiful building. I got it organized the way I want it. We brought in iMarket. We brought in Service Titan. We got those systems implemented. We learned how to use all those things, dashboards and whatnot, different things. And then we started driving revenue. So we just finished our 12th month in May. We did $400,000 last month. And I don't know exactly bottom line, I haven't got financials for a few more days, but it'll be profitable. Mm -hmm. And I uh, remember thinking myself, especially when this thing slowed down in March, you know, like, okay, I've invested a lot in overhead and systems and processes. We need to start pushing some money through that now. And so it, you know, we got set back there a couple of months, but it all kind of caught up to us in May. And by the way, I'm sure you've seen this with a lot of your clients that seem like a lot of people had record Mays. Uh, I was talking to Leland Smith. Yep. They had the best month, their best month yep. ever. And I don't know exactly what that number was, but I know they have had $5 million months, so it was better than that. That's the, that's the comeback, right? We talked about that coming back quickly. It's coming back in spades, man. It's rocking and rolling. But to me, the way, when you, what you just said about the wrench turning, the contractors figured out. Uh, I'm not a wrench turner, so I either I'm good at business or I'm screwed. We focused on the business operations, the systems, the processes, the software, everything we needed. And then we started, you know, producing revenue. 400 grand, I mean, that's, we're pretty proud of that for our 12th month. I mean, that you know? 400 grand in that month. Yeah. Just a month there are month. some yeah. contractors that go in business and don't do 400,000 400, in a year. But if we hadn't built the management team right. and the systems and the processes, there's no way we could have done that. Because it, was, it wasn't chaos. Recap what you said. You said increase productivity, improve efficiency, mm -hmm. and think about what your plan is in order to do that. Yep. Yep. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Yeah, but you went like this when you said it. He just <laughs> sat there and said it. You got like good hand motions. Well, I, so it resonated. I got a good coach. Like I'm, was... I'm sitting here watching you like that doesn't make sense, but when you went like this, now it all makes sense. <laughs> Hey, uh, the problem is with, with most contractors is they're flying the plane. They're flying the contracting plane. And most contractors have one control. It's called the throttle, right? And they just, they think we got to go faster. We got to go bigger, right? Well, think about this. Gotta I mean, take every job. Yeah. We got to take every oh job. We got to run every service call. You know, we got to, we got to create more. We need more marketing. We got to create more leads. We got to create more service calls. No, you need to do a better job with the ones that you have. You know, you, you know, people say we got to run all these sales calls. And I'm like, no, you don't. And, he, and I said, 
run one and a half to two leads a day. When you get busy, put a third one on a guy. Not every day of the week. And they said, well, then we need more salespeople. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But why would you want to go ahead and run every lead today, right? Run five, six, seven leads. I visited a company out in Fresno uh, a couple months back. They were running five, six, seven leads. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Okay. You're rushing through the process. You're one call quoting everybody. You're not closing everybody. Your closing ratios are down. You guys are making money. The guys are selling, but they're burning leads. You are giving customers bad experiences, which, which gives you a bad reputation. Why would you want to do this? You need to do a better job with the leads that you have. And yes, if you've got to run a backlog, then you run a backlog. And if you can't get to those people and they buy before you get to them, then so be it. Okay, so be it. But why go out there and, you know, give a customer a bad experience and maybe even a high price. And now that's floating out there in the market. Right. So, so if a customer gets asked, you know, who did you do business with? Well, I called four companies. One of them was ABC and you happen to be ABC, right? I called ABC. They were wickedly high priced. The guy never called me back. You, you know, he, he didn't invest the time to take me through anything. I, I just wouldn't call him. And so now that's floating out there, but you ran a lead. Way to go guy. You know, I call that task completion, right? You, you completed the task, but you failed at the objective. It's a checklist mentality. Yeah. But there's no, it's like Monday Night Football. They've got the analyst guy and they've got the color guy. Yeah. You got to have the analysis, the presentation, and the color. You got to yeah. bring that to life. And one of the things that I've been focusing on a lot lately with this, uh, lately with this rehash app is the, the importance of follow-up. Yeah. And I was reading an article the other day uh, from a sales guy. It wasn't in the HVAC industry. But the interviewer asking, you know, how many times do you follow up with your customers? He says, I follow up until they say yes or no. Yeah. That might be 50 times. It might be three times. But I'm never just going to stop following up because I'm not returning my call. I leave another call. I send another email. And that's so important. But when you're running 50 or 60 leads a month, oh, you've got no time for follow up. No. And all that follow up will get a lot of business for you. Yeah. So... I don't know what these numbers are and you've got a lot more experience and, and you might know this number or Russ might know this number, but when, when you have, let's say you have 50 leads mm -hmm. and you have one guy run that 50 leads, he's going to get X amount of business. Mm -hmm. I don't know the number, but I would stake my life that if you had two guys running those 50 leads, it would be more revenue. Oh yes. I don't yeah. know exactly what that ratio would be. Because 25 each, they're going to have to follow up. You made a comment earlier before we were taping just about when a guy knows that next deal's coming, that next lead's coming. Mm -hmm. He's got more leads than he can handle. I guarantee you when push comes to shove and you're at the closing table and you've got a choice, you can push a little bit harder, hang in the game a little bit longer, maybe close it, or pack your stuff up and go because you know you got two more leads that day. You're way more willing to pack up and go Yeah. instead of sitting there and just keep the conversation going. I'm not talking about hammering people. I'm not talking about hard sell closing people. Right. I'm talking about in, in, in my sales training, I talk a lot about when you get, when you feel like you've kind of got any ropes, it doesn't mean you have to leave. It means change the subject. Stop talking about the HVAC system. Yeah. And you never know, and all of a sudden that conversation will come back to the HVAC system. I've closed so many deals that way by changing the subject for a while. Well, yeah, because most of the contractors, most salespeople that work for contractors, this has just might been my observation and my conversations over the years through all my travels, all the groups that I've worked with, all the manufacturers and distributors, the salespeople have the objective of closing business. They want to sell. And 
that worked and you could get away with that. And you can, to some extent, still get away with that. But you show me a guy that, that takes the objective off of selling and focuses on serving and truly sincerely means that. It's not delivering that as a line, right? My job is to give good information so they can make a good decision. Their job is to make a good decision. I feel pretty competent at my job. I got to help them be competent at their job, to their job, right? But I don't care what the customer does as long as they do it knowingly. I know I'm not right for everybody, but I know if I show up and I do my job well, nobody can outclass me. What, what you're talking about is behaviors. Yes. Most sales guys, going back to the four disciplines parlance, they're all focused on lag measures, the close rate. Yeah. The expert is focused on the lead measures, the behaviors mm -hmm. that drive the great lag measures. Yep. And that's what you're talking about, behaviors yep. inside the house, relationship building, expertise, leveraging your fancy tools and software. Yep right? Following up all those different things. Yep. Those lead measures, those behaviors are what drive the great results. That's the strongest argument I've ever heard for sales management yep. or a sales coaching type of a process with a coach like yourself, mm -hmm. where there's people training people on the behaviors on the front end right. and you know, ride-alongs, role play, yep. the work that you do, the, the hard prep work that you do in order to create those behaviors that are going to produce you mm -hmm. know, higher average ticket, better closure rates. It's, it's almost insane to me that people, they, well, what happens is I think they're flying the plane mm -hmm. and they get busy flying the plane and yeah. they forget about stuff like that. Right. So. You got to have more than one, you got to have more than one uh, uh, tool in the, in the cockpit, right? You can't just have the throttle. It's just, that can't be it, right? You've got to adjust your flaps. You got to adjust your, your speed. You got to adjust your altitude, your pitch, you know, all kinds of things, right? But the gauges, right, the, in the cockpit will give you the optics. Right? And so our, our sales reports and our financial statements, those give us the optics. But if you really think about that, it's interesting. I'm gonna be doing um, some recording tomorrow in the studio you know, for the summer series that we're doing. And I'm talking about these exact things. That the numbers that we get on our sales reports and our statements, income statements and whatnot, you know, that's a post-mortem. I mean, that, that, that is, that's after the game's played, right? It happened. Right. And that's what you know, your accountant does, your bookkeeper does, is they take the activities and behaviors and actions and everything that happened all throughout the month and they convert it into numbers and they put it into the computer and then it, it prints out. And what happens with contractors is they go and look at these reports and these reports either tell them what they want to see or they don't tell them what they want to see. Right. Because the numbers are either happy, you're, you know, they've met your expectations or they didn't. The problem is, is you now need to go ahead and reverse interpret that and say, OK, what were the activities and behaviors that led to this right. scoreboard, right? And, okay, why were things, you know, why did we have a record month, you know, on a win? Or why did we have a record month on a loss? Right. And, and where was it? You know, where in the chart of accounts did something go wrong? You know, did I spend $350,000, uh, $375,000 on inventory and book it as an expense instead of putting it into inventory, you know, on the balance sheet, Right. And, and, and Gary, before we again started filming here, he was looking at some numbers and that's what he saw, right? Uh, he saw a scoreboard, his team's probably real happy about the scoreboard, but he saw that there was an entry that inflated the scoreboard, right? Uh, now that, that can get corrected, but everything else, was it where it, was, where, you know, was it where it needed to be this month? Did you perform the way that you want? I was reading a great article uh, this week about Roy Halladay, the uh, pitcher who uh, pitched for the Philadelphia Phillies, just got in the, the Hall of Fame last year, unfortunately died in a plane crash, right? And they did an ESPN uh, uh, episode on his 
his existence and his career and the whole nine yards. And they were talking about his his perfect game that he pitched for the Phillies. It was a one nothing win against the Marlins in Miami. And when you look at the scoreboard, right, all you see for the Marlins is zeros, right? No runs, no hits, no yeah. errors, no bases on balls, all zeros, right? But that just tells you that the Phillies won, and it was one nothing, right? And if you look at the Phillies, you know, box, you know, box score, uh, you know, some hits and whatnot here. But what's the detail in there? How many pitches did he throw? He threw 115 pitches. How many strikes? How many balls? How many fastballs? How many cutters? How many curveballs? Right? So forth and so on. How many great plays did the center fielder make for Exactly. Him? Right? See, that's the stuff that as contractors, they don't look into that. They look at the numbers, right. but you got to look at the, you got to look at the plays because it's every little play. Okay. Every little thing that you did, you know, every lead you ran, every tune-up you ran, every, every service call that you ran, every duck cleaning that you ran, how you answered the phones, right? All of that. You've got to reverse engineer all that when you get your statement and say, okay, what led to this? Because if we got a good result, let's keep doing those things. And if we didn't get a good result, uh, then let's stop doing those things or change the things that we're doing. You know, we're realizing, okay, in a good month in which we had some records, did we, did we still do the best that we could have? Because that's what the best-in-class athletes will do and the best-in-class contractors will do. They'll look at success and say, we're still nowhere near what we could have been. Because if we did this, come on. Kind of reminds me of that Michael Jordan series that just played. Right. He was never satisfied. Yeah. I want to I go back to something real quickly. So the airplane metaphor. Yeah. So uh, I'm superimposing what I think some of our members might be thinking, which is, man, this is great, but I, I don't know. I don't have time to do all that stuff. I'm building the airplane. And I, I, I'd like to address that topic, which is all the stuff that we're talking about has to get put in place, but it's important to recognize that you, you are building your airplane. You're, you're building peak right now. And uh, the reason why a guy like Leland has had this incredibly record successful month was because he spent a lot of time over many years putting in the building blocks of putting that airplane together. Built the so the, the struggle is real. When you are building a business and you're dealing with all the, you know, the headaches, uh, the, the crisis, the tasks, you know, people not showing up for work, guy selling drugs out of the back of his truck, all kinds of stuff happens. We know that we're all in this space. Uh, we have to recognize that it's important that you prioritize the stuff that you're doing in order to build the airplane. Right. So, I just want to make sure we make that point that we're not asking the EGI membership to do all of this stuff. We're no. asking you to, to figure out what all the stuff is that needs to get done and then put it into buckets. Yep. Right. We'll create them. These buckets are now and, you know, so build the airplane mm -hmm. and then some more and then some more. And so oh, it's oh, it's a time. In other words, we're not six months or one year. It's going to take you years to build peak and you know the formula but it still it has to take a series of behaviors yeah. over time. And I, well, I just want to make way, that- I know the formula because I got it from the two of you. I just, <laughs> just want to make sure and, that- and that's the, a benefit all of all the, the audience that watches this oftentimes is, is you know, probably, you know, in a lot of cases overwhelmed and yeah. just thinking, yeah, I, I, I mean, those are good ideas and everything, but I just don't have the time. I, you have to create yeah. that plan. You have to create yeah. those priorities and then you have to focus and you put them in place one at a time. Once you're departmentalized, you're done. That, that block is in. You don't right. have to go back and do, it, do again. it again. But it's necessary in order that, I mean, that's your mm -hmm. altimeter on the airplane. 
right? Yep. So, I, I think that's really important, Gary, because these conversations that we have, these are not designed to be the how-to conversations. All the how-to stuff is in Contractor University. I had one of my managers come to me uh, recently and made the comment about, um, I thought you were going to teach me it was a financial concept. And I said, no, I took you to Gary's training six months ago and showed you where it was. My job is not to teach you everything. My job is to direct you to the resources. Yeah. I said, you got to learn it the same way I learned it, by listening to really smart people. And I think that it's important for our viewers and listeners to know that these conversations, because you're right, guys can be like, well, yo, you're talking about that. What does that mean? Okay, you're not going to learn that on the podcast. Go into Contract University, and Gary's got an entire program on financial man, reading a balance sheet, reading a, a P&L, understanding what those, how, how you structure that accounting. So I think I'm really glad you brought that up because that, that's the point. This is the tip of the iceberg. This is like, hey, you should think about this. This isn't the solution. The solution's inside the contract university. Well, you know, you, you use the word resource and Tony Robbins talks about it, right? It's not the resources. It's, you know, success or failure is never a question of resources, right? right? It's a question of being resourceful. Right. You got to do something with the resources. And so, uh, you know, we were talking again before uh, we got on camera here. Uh, I have a client that I work with actively, uh, great guy, came to Gary's class two years ago. Uh, well, year and a half ago, I guess, really, uh, for the first time in Orlando, sat through the, the three-day boot camp. But first, by the end of the first day, and he was toast. Brain I brain. was there supporting and helping. And this guy calls me over, you know, towards the end of the first day, and he says, "I'm, I'm, I'm lost." I'm like, "With what, like, with what part?" And he goes, "Since 10 a.m. this morning." <laughs> hey, but you know, that contractor probably confused the first time he saw a control board in a furnace. Probably so, right? And and so, I sat with him and I said, "You know, you didn't get into this overnight. You're not going to get out of it overnight." So, thing number one, give yourself a little bit of forgiveness here, right? Forgive yourself for not knowing this, and that's okay. You didn't need to know it. You knew, like you said, you know furnaces, you know turning the wrenches, right? But this is just like that. Give yourself a little bit of time. Now give yourself the permission. So once you give yourself forgiveness, now give yourself permission to take the time. Okay, now here's the thing. You've been in business about eight years. There's been seven years, and it was going to be his eighth. I said, you, uh, you've been in business seven years, okay? You didn't get into this overnight. You're not going to get out overnight, but it's also not going to take another seven, right? right? Fast forward. I, I, I told him, I said, you got to be back in this class in, in November this year. We did it in New Orleans. New Orleans. Yep. He came down. He didn't have a bookkeeper the first time, and he went in by himself. Right. When he came down, he brought his office manager, and he brought his bookkeeper. We had just hired. I helped him recruit her. Sat in that class for three days. I mean, it was completely Greek. Yep. He had it down, understood it. The bookkeeper, she loved it, loves all the spreadsheets that he walked you know, uh, walks through during the class. And, I mean, she's got that. I mean, she's got that company wired now, yeah. right? And he just bought a new building and is kind of taking his business to the next level because he now has optics. He can now, and he can read them. And he knows it's not just about growing and getting bigger and pushing that lever forward to go faster. The greatest analogy I ever heard was from a, a gentleman who I met at a Tony Robbins event. His name is Keith Cunningham. And he says, the one thing about like getting a tumor right? A brain tumor or cancer or something like that. He says, the answer to it is to never grow it. <laughs> Sometimes you got to shrink it. You know, you got to get shrinking and get rid of it. You know, the, you know, the tumor. So why if, if your business is hemorrhaging and you're bleeding money and you don't know why you're bleeding money, you don't know what's going on. 
He says the answer shouldn't be to just go ahead and grow with sales. He says because now you're going to die by a thousand paper cuts. Right, you've been bleeding a little, little bit because you've been doing a little bit of business. But if you go ahead and grow it, you're going to hemorrhage. He says, so you got to get the systems in place. I, I think it's part of like the first time you go, it could be a sales training from you, a financial planning from Gary, whatever, um, a mindset. Because I think sometimes when, pe when people are confronted with the mindset stuff, when I go through that, it's like, well, there's a lot to process here. A lot of times, the challenge in business is you don't know what you don't know. The key thing to go away from the first time you go to Gary Ellix at least you now you know what you don't know. Good point. If that's all you walk away with the first time, like, okay, I don't know what these 20 things are. Before that training, you didn't even know you needed to know those 20 things. Yeah. Come back the next year, maybe, and but it, it's a process. I, I got, uh, so I, I know who you're talking about. Uh, he's obviously a client of yours. He's a client of ours at iMarket. So, and uh, you brought him to us. Mm -hmm. And I would say there's something even that's a precursor before that. And you talk about this all the time in your workshops, your mindset. He decided to take action. Yeah. So. It's not about what you learn in the class. It's about getting the idea that I need some help. And he, he went. So whether he was confused or whether he was, you know, a Jedi Knight master coming out of it, doesn't matter. He, he came to class, he came to the workshop and he found the resources necessary to take him out of his place. And now he's bought this building and he's doing great. And so I, I think all of that's, an accurate statement, but people have to take action. They have to absolutely say, I'm not satisfied with what I have. I want something different. I got to do something different. What do Will Rogers say? Even if you're on the right path, you'll get run over if you just sit there. Yeah. Action True. is the key. Yeah. Action is the key. So. Well, I mean, a lot of our contractors, they get into business because their ego drives them to do so. They think they can do something different and better than the person who employed them up to that moment, right? And that's great. And I applaud that. that. How does John H. Cameron and Sons come about, right? Because my dad leaves, uh, you know, turning sheet metal and decides to start his own business, you know, back in 1964. So I wouldn't be sitting here today if he hadn't had that, you know, entrepreneurial uh, seizure, as they say, right? But he jumps into business. And the thing you have to realize is, and that was the one, you know, many good things about my father. But one of the great things was he was always humbly confident to ask for help. And, and I love the fact that we have the members that are listening because they were humbly confident to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to join a group. But the one thing they have to do now that they're part of their group is to reach out to you, to you, to me, to Russ, to, to James Lecter, to Mike Treese, to, to the Schallenbergers, to Mark Madison, to everybody who's on the team and, and ask for the help. People say, well, I didn't know I could call you. I said, yeah, but the other side of that is you didn't know that you couldn't. <laughs> right. right. That's so the resourcefulness. You, yeah. Pick up the phone and ask. Right. Odds are we want to help. Well, that contractor connect uh, on Facebook. Yeah. I'm always amazed. And you guys handle most of the questions. Every now and then I'll pipe in a little bit. But the part that amazes me is no matter how detailed, no matter how big the question is, like as a member, they get free access and they can ask the questions to mm -hmm. you guys and get really quick and really accurate responses. And I always think about, man, when I did this the first time 15 years ago, <laughs> what if I could have reached out to Gary or Drew and asked any question about finance or sales or marketing or whatever, and could have got a response back, you know, within hours in most cases. I mean, if you're out of town or something, maybe don't get it. But typically it's, it's very, very fast. Yeah. And so just for our people watching right now, I, I think it's just Contractor Connect 
on Facebook. Is that, do you know the yeah, that's actual, one place. Ask yeah. the Expert is usually Ask the expert. what I copy you guys on. Okay. Yeah. Ask the Experts is the, Ask the you go on the website. Inside inside from the, the website. Yeah. Okay, that's but there's inside. another one now Contract on Facebook. On Facebook. Facebook. Yep. Either, yeah. either place. They can reach out. Gets, gets the Yeah. Answer. And the interesting thing is we, we have, I don't know, you know, we're nearing a thousand members, right? And I know Gary has not taken questions from a thousand companies. And not that all thousand companies need to ask these questions, but Gary hasn't even taken questions from, from half the members, right? But he'd be willing to answer all of them, number one. Yep. But I do know that he's had one gentleman who's from California uh, who's asked him uh, at least a, a dozen questions. Uh, oh, you yeah. Know, yeah, one guy. And some other people have asked a couple, three, three or four. But yeah, I mean, that's the resourcefulness, right? You've got to ask for the help. I don't know how, I don't know how any business could not have questions. I'm asking, well, half the time I don't have to ask you guys because I'm working with you. You're answering the question before I've even asked it. But it's, it's a million little things. I'm like, wow, I hadn't thought about that. I ask questions to Gary. I'll be at a client and just to, you know, I just want to, I want to clarify my thinking on something. Maybe it's been a while since I dealt with a particular issue, especially if we get into the you know, commercial world. I've not really played in the commercial realm for, for, for quite some time, but I'll ask, I'll email Gary a question just to make sure I'm thinking the right thing or ask him where's a resource about this on the website and whatnot so I can direct my this, client to This it. just happened Friday. I had a customer of mine, client of mine, ask me about a questionnaire he had heard Gary talk about on commercial maintenance. And I said, oh, that's easy. So we jumped on the best practices site. I typed in survey, commercial, and a series of videos popped up and the form he used. I mean, it is all right there. It took me 30 seconds to find it. Yeah. You know, great, great content, great resource, especially for those who are resourceful. There you go. Any chance I could have a sip of that Weller over there? There's a very good chance, as in 100% chance. Those are the odds I like, my friend. You are easy. You are my kind of gal. I'll pour you a two finger. Woo. You're going to pour him? You're only going to pour him? Mm. Well, nobody, <laughs> nobody resourceful asked. Well, I, I just thought it was like you were full service. <laughs> I aim to please. Mm. Like you tell the wife, can't read your mind. Well, guys, I think we need to label this discussion under miscellaneous stuff you need to think about. And I want to bring it back to something that Drew Cameron said about 20 minutes ago, that if you're so busy turning rich, wrenches, you don't even ask yourself these questions. So sometimes you got to put down the wrenches and you got to make the time to at least ask the questions to find out what do I need to be thinking about? What do I need to learn? That's the first step. And if you're overwhelmed by it, if anybody's overwhelmed by it, that's just part of the deal. Well, there's no reason to get overwhelmed, right? And, and I, I want to just, we say, I say it enough on the uh, Ask the Experts calls, but I, you know, since we're back to here to being unfiltered, I'll, I'll say it here. Pick up the phone and call us, email us, text us, right? And let us know, if you're texting us, let, let us know who you are. You're probably not in our phones, right? right. But, you know, text us and, and ask for the help. You know, we, we'll either give you the answer, we'll direct you to a place on the site, we'll spend a little bit more time with you. I mean, the thing that I think each of us love about what it is that we do now is that we love to see and help people who are looking for that help and then we'll do something with the information that we give them because that gives us proof of concept, right? That's pretty cool for us that I, I give you something, but see, you made it happen. I didn't make it happen. I just, I shined a light on a path you chose to walk it. And then you get the success and then you call me back and you said, that worked, right? And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, cool, right? <laughs> glad, glad it did. But I also am like, 
I'm, I'm glad that it did because now I know to say that again to the next person as well. And I can also say to you, now here's what's next, right? Because that's how we get ahead. You know, nobody ever climbed Everest by themselves. There's always a Sherpa. And I'm happy to be a Sherpa. You're happy to be a Sherpa. You're happy to be a Sherpa. Right? You know, it, it reminds me of uh, something happened with you and me 15 or 16 years ago when I fa first came to work for Jesse. Yep. And you were training me. Uh, and a few months after I started making some money, I went and bought a Harley Davidson. Oh, yeah. You might remember this. Oh, yeah. And I called you and told you about it. And I can remember that you were like, dude, that is just, I mean, there was like real joy oh, yeah. in your voice that I was able to do that because you knew you had played a role in that. And we've all had that experience a hundred times since then where somebody, a client, maybe a small company sends you a picture of a boat or a new house. Mm -hmm. Or I just had a, a, a guy that I've been training in sales, bought his wife a new Mercedes. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, you see that stuff. I was like, that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know? And again, it's like, and that was all about you. But like you said, I was glad to have a hand, hand in it because I, I know what this industry can do for, for you. And, and yeah. again, what it has done for you. Look, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Kidding me? Where, where, look where we're everything, sitting, right? everything you look around as a result of this industry. And the reason I had this opportunity in this industry was because of you and Jesse. Yep. We're well, glad guys, to have that's you, a good discussion. We'll fall under miscellaneous. Yeah. And uh, great to be back with you guys. Some unfiltered riffing. Good to be back. G-Man's back. G-Man's back. Cool. But that Tony? was a pretty good discussion. We didn't know we were going to yeah. talk about. We found some stuff somehow. Cheers. Cheers. Back. That might be enough for two.